Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. You got to trust the process you have built and, uh, you know, and, and always say what can be the worst thing that can happen, where, where it might, you know, where it might, that my, my, my plan will fail. Try to find where it is and be prepared. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to Ritter on Real Estate, where we teach you how to passively invest like a pro. Today, my guest is Rafi Mizrahi, and Rafi is an out-of-state and really out-of-country real estate investor, and he's been doing that since 2010. He's developed a skill set to overcome the distance. He has extensive experience in raising money from out-of-state investors, building and managing professional teams all over the country, property valuation, negotiating, and acquisition. And Rafi started as a single-family investor, and in 2010, oh, in 2010, and since he's moved and involved in more than 300 transactions as the acquisition partner and as a capital raiser, in 2017 he shifted the focus to multifamily. And he syndicated 766 units worth more than $50 million. Well, awesome, awesome success, Rafi. Excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm excited too, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to bring, uh, to bring some uh, knowledge and help others. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. Yeah. So before we dig in, just uh, start from the top, give our listeners an idea of who you are and and how you got to be where you are today? Cool, cool. So, uh, actually, I've, I haven't uh, been in real estate all my life. I was in a IT before. I was a Java Java programmer. I thought I would have success, and actually, I thought I would get rich through working hard as an employee. And you know, I thought everything will be fine. You know, the way I was educated. And in 2007, I got fired with, uh, actually the group was closed and I found myself without a job for half a year. Didn't find any job, no interviews, nothing. And I read the uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, everybody, you know, I think everybody read that, that book. It's like a, it's a Bible for real estate. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and I decided, you know, it's blew my mind. I said, uh, it was like a wake up call for me. So I said, I got to do it. I really wanted to commit to that. I didn't know how it will happen. 
I had no idea, you know, about the journey, this journey where, where mm-hmm. I am today. I, I can only secretly, you know, dream about it. And, uh, you know, I started buying in Israel. And okay. uh, Israeli, Israel, I, I bought apartments, uh, not the building apartments, like uh, condos. Uh, and uh, it's very small market and very competitive. So in 2010, I decided, uh, you know, after I heard about the crash, I decided to shift my focus to, you know, buying in, in the state. I didn't yeah. know anything about the U.S. real estate, nothing, right? But uh, I used, uh, you know, sites like uh, Bigger Pockets, uh, mm-hmm. talk with other investors. One of the things that I saw in, in America, which is, it's, it's amazing, the way people share knowledge with each other. You can, mm-hmm. you know, I can mm-hmm. reach out to you. Hey, I need your advice. And, you know, if you have time, you will jump on a call with me and help. Yeah. You have podcasts and it's amazing, right? The, the way the knowledge goes yeah. from one to another. Yeah, you know, Ameri- Americans doesn't really understand how lucky they are to have that. <laughs> if you go to Europe, try to invest in Europe when you have a different language and you don't have any website or, you know, sharing information website or the, yeah. you know, the way to. So I started talking with people and they, you know, I, I, I saw that, you know, people from California, they uh, invest in Cleveland, they invest in um you know, in Florida, they invest out of state. So I say, if they can do it, I can do it. Why, mm. why, what is the difference between me and them? It's uh, yeah. So they have like five hour flight maybe, and I have 24. But, uh, <laughs> right, so I can do the same. I need to find how to do it from, from Israel. So this is how I started my journey when I, have a goal, I had a goal. I want to do it without being able to fly for every product property I buy. I want to find, you know, build a system that I can do it from here. So I started buying houses. I, I made the, you know, I did a, a lot of mistakes on the way, but, uh, you know, every time I got, I got better. Um, and I did over, like you said, 300 transaction. I did fix and flip wholesaling, buy and hold, you know, tried uh, all this uh, niche. And then I decided, uh, you know, my dream was uh, bigger and I shifted to multifamily. Um, so, gotcha. uh, yeah. So, yeah. So you started, so you started investing in the U S in single family houses, right? Right. Right. <clears throat> and, um, and where were you investing? So I started in Orlando and Orlando got very hot, very fast. And I didn't know anything. I didn't know about off market deals at that time. So, mm-hmm. I decided to shift to another market and I, I went to I went to a very short time to Atlanta and then shifted to Cleveland and I found a market uh, in 2012 where you know it was a buyer market you know you were yeah. offering uh, you know below the asking price and you know you you got the deal bef- you know below the listing right so yeah. I was there uh, so I started in Orlando but most of the time I worked in in Cleveland Ohio Gotcha. Okay. And then what was, what was it that drove the shift from single family into multifamily? So, you know, I did, um, I did a, about 10 transaction, uh, sometimes 10 transaction a month and, you know, and flips and, and I, you know, I dreamt 
to go very big. I wanted to do million of dollars. And, you know, I didn't see it going to happen through single family. I thought that the scale, there is a problem with the scale. And I felt like the management company is also, you know, a problematic um, in the single family space because, you know, management company, when you, not all of them, of course, right? I can say, you know, in general, but, but most of the management companies in the single family, they, they got to add some fees on the work orders, right? Because it's very, you can't, they don't earn a lot. They don't profit a lot when they manage single family homes. So it's a lot of um, like, uh, there is like a conflict between the management company interest and the, and uh, the investor. So, and I heard in multifamily that, you know, you can scale the management company got paid from, you know, the, you pay the salary, you have a man, you have your own handyman that can do the work orders. And things. I said, it's, it's much more scalable and the profits when you, you can go higher and higher and make more money. So I decided to do that. Gotcha. So it's really this, this idea of single family, then, you know, the number of transactions kind of limiting your growth and, and you just had this idea you wanted to go bigger, right? Yeah. It's not, it, when I say I want to make money, it's not that I'm greedy, right? I want my investor to make money too. But from, you know, my personal goals, I want to, I, I want to make, I, I wanted, you know, more for my family. So, you know, I understood I, I got to, you know, go bigger than, you know, try more transaction all the time. No, I get that a hundred percent. And so, I'm just, I'm imagining you in, in Israel and thinking about investing in the U.S. And I love that perspective. You said, well, you know, if somebody in California can invest in Florida, you know, why can't I, right? It's just a, just a little ocean in between us, right? Yeah. And, uh, but there had to be, I imagine trying to make, come to that decision, there had to be a limiting beliefs that you had to, you had to come face to face with and, and, and conquer. I mean, what, what were some of those things that, that went through your head as you were trying to make this decision and, and how did you overcome those? So I think the first thing that everybody who, who, who doesn't know the culture, I didn't know the culture before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was afraid that I will get screwed. Right. So yeah. that, the trust, it's, it's a trust issue more than, than anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I, what I did to overcome that is uh, two things. One, the first rule in real estate is always buy below market value. So I said my defense will always be buying below market value and make sure that I will be the owner. Meaning if I have the right team, especially we'll start with the attorney, right? Even though in, in, in a housing market, you don't have to have an attorney when you buy in the market. Mm-hmm. I actually used an attorney from the beginning in the housing niche because I wanted at the beginning, especially to be protected. Mm-hmm. So from the, from the legal point, I had the attorney to be secured. And also I learned how to, um, how to find what is the market value for a deal. And I was buying below. So I have this, um, you know, gap and to be secure, not to lose money. Uh, then is about to overcome this belief. I said, okay, it's like, Let's say I'm filthy rich, okay, and I want to buy a company, mm-hmm. and I have no idea in the business, right? What do I do, right? I need to I need to bring somebody who is 
is knowledgeable, right? A CEO or something. Mm -hmm. So what I did, uh, and you need to do due diligence. So I thought the best way is, uh, is to do due diligence on people. So, you know, instead of uh, just talking to you and heard about you, I will also go and ask people about their experience with you. Okay, some referrals yeah. you have made, you, you gave me, and some, refer, some people you, you, you don't even know that uh, they, they, you know, give a feedback on you. Sure. So it's about the due diligence. <clears throat> gotcha. And who are you doing due diligence on? So management company, contractor, you know, the agent I was working, uh, you know, so, and the inspector, uh, the mm -hmm. title, you know, all of the, all, all of those, I was uh, uh, doing that, you know, checking on them with referrals from them and also, you know, checking online, asking people who use this uh, contractor and give a feedback. And um, gotcha. I think I have, I, I think I even have a, a tip on that because uh, that's something I, I, I also teach my students. I haven't told that, but I'm the top mentor in Israel, I teach people how to buy houses in the state. I have more than a thousand students. So one of the things I teach them is uh, always ask the contractor, the, the referrals about the good things they had as an experience with a, with a contractor, but mm -hmm. also the bad thing, the things that he needs to be improved. Because I think everyone has something he's good at and something he's bad at. So, or he needs to be improved. So by asking those questions, people suddenly can say, oh, you know what? I think... Uh, this point and mm -hmm. you know where you you know you know you know more of the truth by doing that gotcha so it sounds like to to overcome your your limiting beliefs or the the barriers to investing in the US you really well, one you <clears throat> you hired an attorney right even though you've, you you may not have had to you spent that extra money to to have that extra protection, right, in the contract and, and somebody that was knowledgeable in, I'm assuming, kind of in the state, in the market, right? So yes. you, you were able to gain that knowledge, pay a little more, but but sounds like it paid off, right? So you made that upfront investment to have that protection. And then it sounds like you really focused on process to, to help you through that. So is it kind of, you know, instead of biting off this huge chunk, it's like maybe, you know, stepping you know, turning that into, into little steps, right. And taking these little steps to continue to move forward. And like you said, you're focused on due diligence. So, so it sounds like your focus on process was able to help you kind of, you know, complete these little steps, which, which ultimately, you know, took you leaps and bounds, right. And got you into, right. into the U S and into, into markets. And once you get going, then you're, then you're just learning, you're learning all the time, right. And you're building relationships and, and you're able to get started, but, it, but yeah, always interested on, cause the hardest thing is just that getting those first deals and just, just getting started and, and getting the mindset, right. Right. To, to become right. a real estate investor. Very right. Good. I, 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 rem I remember the first time I was scared, even though there was an attorney and everything, but you yeah. gotta, you, you gotta overcome that. You gotta trust the process you have built and uh, you know, and, and always say what can be the worst thing that can happen, where, where it might, you know, where it might, that my, my, my plan will fail. Mm -hmm. Try to find where it is and be prepared. Yeah. So you're actively thinking about where, where your blind spots are, where you may have risks 
and then yes. and then planning to mitigate those right i think that's right. that's really right. good yeah i mean you know every transaction that that i do there's always that kind of feeling in in your stomach of of like oh you know what what might happen i hope this goes right you know even though you've done all yeah. the diligence you've done all the underwriting you've yeah. You've, you've even gone through all the, the physical inspection and all these things. There's always that, like when you get to the closing table, like, oh, I hope, <laughs> hope this works out, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, a, it's actually great. I think, you know, I, won't, I, won't, I don't want to lose it ever because it's right. like a defense mechanism. Once you mm-hmm. don't think about it, you don't, you're not, not scared, but you're concerned or, you know, yeah. thinking about the risk, then you are, um, you know, you are not paying attention to the, to the details. Right. I think that's a really good point. It's like, if you get too comfortable, you become lackadaisical. You're not, uh, you're not focused on those things. And you like, you take your eye off the ball, like they say, like to use the baseball analogy. Right. Right. And you, uh, and that's when things that, that maybe you would have mitigated in the past because you're thinking in this way, you know, they can pop up because you just get too comfortable in the process. So I agree with you. It's that, that pit in the stomach feeling is kind of that, that check yeah. to make that, that pushes you the extra mile to make sure you're, you've done everything to make sure that the deal is going to be successful. And so I agree with you. I hope I don't lose that either. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a good, it's a good uh, skill or it's a good mechanism, defense mechanism to have as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So as you shifted from single family to multifamily, I mean, what had to change in your process to be able to make that shift? I think, um, you know, it's funny because when I started, I thought, okay, I did 300 transactions. I, you know, okay, I learned about new underwriting. It's different underwriting than you know, underwriting a, a single family home deal, yeah. much more complicated. So I think this skill is, is the first one. But uh, what is uh, more challenging even than that is that the broker relationships, because in single family home, you just, you know, send an offer, mm-hmm. right? Or you have a wholesaler, you are a good friend of him and you can get that. But in, 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 the more, in, a, in a commercial uh, multifamily space, you know, there are like, a few brokers and so many buyers, right? Sure, so yeah. it's hard to build a relationship and they don't care, right? I, I did 300 transactions, which I think I'm not, you know, I'm not an arrogant guy, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a nice track record. But when you come and tell a broker you did a 300 transaction, they don't care, right? right? It's, it's like you started all over from the beginning. So I think that was, I think the, the, the challenge to be able to go back to the beginning, like I've never done anything before, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that was the, the 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 biggest challenge shift into multifamily. Gotcha. So just building and developing those relationships with the brokers. Yeah, and understanding the how it works, and it's actually in a it's a it's a state of mind that you need to grind from the beginning, right? Because mm-hmm. I remember. When the beginning, it was uh, hard to get deals or how to structure the deal in the single family. And after, you know, after so many years, it was easy for me. It wasn't a challenging, you know, to get a flip or, you know, and suddenly I need to, you know, start from the beginning. So it's more, it's mentally, Mm -hmm. I got a, I'm I'm a new student. Uh, It's a a new environment. I'm starting all over. So, um, yeah. Gotcha. And it's, uh, 
you know, it, like you said, it's a much more complicated process. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a long, <clears throat> can be a longer term and, you know, investment you're bringing, because you're syndicating, you're bringing other people's money into the deals as well, right? Which is a whole whole different level of, uh, you know, of just uh, responsibility, right? And so, yeah. how did you, how did you build a team in the U.S. from Israel that would allow you to to be able to to have have these large transactions and raise capital and and do everything that needs to be done? Um, to successfully invest in multifamily? It's a great question. Uh, I tell you, because I'm a mentor in Israel, I teach people that when you want to, if you, if you want to succeed in a new environment, something new, you gotta, you know, learn about the process, you know, put your, put effort and learning, have somebody that have done something you want to achieve. So that's one. You want to have somebody you want to be in an environment of somebody who is two step, steps ahead of you. So, you know, you can learn the small things that the mentor who has been doing it for so long has already forgotten, right? So one, somebody is two, two steps ahead of you and somebody behind you that is one step behind you because when you teach him, you organize the, the you know, you organize the information in your head mm-hmm. and you implement it even better. So I said, I got to do, if I do that for my students in Israel, for the single family space, I, want, I need to find it for myself. So I found a mentor in Israel, in, in America, who has been doing it and joined this group, you know, and, you know, started, you know, did the same that I'm doing for my students. So, um, and by doing that, you know, brokers started to uh, look at me different because I still, I had like the, his, uh, his uh, track record. And I was doing the work, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he could have signed a loan. And I, I knew I can raise funds. And I raised the funds because of my network in Israel. I raised the funds in Israel. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you found a mentor in the US. And then I, I'm assuming that mentor obviously gave you the credibility, um, but also probably gave you access to the connections to continue to build out your team. Um, yes. Right. To you know, f- find the different people you need to find property managers and contractors and, and right. And those so, different folks. So most, yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but more like uh, the, the attorney and uh, the, the financing broker, but I believe the way I work, I wanted to find the management company by myself because I thought I have enough experience and a vision what I want to look in a management company, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to find my own management company. Gotcha. Gotcha. And how has, how has that process worked? Do you find any difference in, uh, I guess you maybe don't know any different, but in in dealing with the management company and managing them and doing the asset management process from overseas? Um, I think first is, is it's again, starting by doing the right due diligence on a management company. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, for me, a management company, when I look, I, I want to see that they have a presence and experience in the uh, property type I'm working on. For example, if it's a C-class, I want to find somebody who are have enough experience in the C-class space in that area, right? right. Uh, so it's all about the due diligence again. And then the asset management, I use the, you know, the experience of others, how to do the asset management. And 
you know, you get better and better um, every day, you know, what to more put into, you know, more focus on when you're doing asset management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great advice. So <clears throat> Rafi, you know, I appreciate you coming on today. I want to, before I let you go, I want to take you through our keys to success section. Sure. Got a key, few questions I want to ask you. And the first one is, what is one question that every investor should ask their deal sponsor? Um, I think they need to ask about references. Talk about, again, it's the same due diligence you do to every everyone in the business. You need to ask for people who has been, you know, has been working with them as investors and ask the investors the question, what was you know, what was good and what needs to improve because there is always, and if the, if the answer from the investor will be, everything is perfect, then no. You can also ask, the, I believe that you need to ask a sponsor, every sponsor, what he thinks he needs to be better at. And there should be a, a, an answer too, because we all have something. We, we want to be better and we know we need to be better. So I think that's uh, something you need to ask. Yeah, very, very good. Under <clears throat> you're you're seeking out the the transparency and honesty, right? And their their ability right. to identify weaknesses and uh, and be truthful about that. Yes. And then I like the idea of of, of getting some references, you know, and, and talking to folks. And I think that, um, you know, that's not a step that that a lot of folks take, but I think it can be a valuable vetting step in the process. And I, and I gotta say, I, I've checked that with a, with a few sponsors and a few mentors, and it's not an e- a smooth uh, transaction, smooth process. Yeah. You know, it takes time. They take it take them time to sometimes deliver, or they say, no, I cannot mm-hmm. give you investors. Uh, you feel like something is not a uh, transparency. So it's a, like a mirror for the process. I like the the transparency. Gotcha. Well, Rafi, what are you most proud of in your career? I think persistence. I'm very persistent on, on my dreams and on my, you know, uh, taking care of my investors and my students and people around me. So I think persistence on that, that's, that's, my, uh, that's something I'm proud of. Very good. And what books should everybody read? Uh, I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's the Bible. <laughs> it's not right. a... It's not a, it's not a, you know, a, a go to go to, go to do book, right? It doesn't have like, okay, you do that, this, this, and this, but mm-hmm. but that's something everybody should read. Yeah, it starts with the mindset, right? And I think that really sets the mindset of an investor. Explain yeah. explains very simply, it's very approachable the reasons why you should should become an investor, right? Right. Very good. And lastly, what is your number one key to success? Um, I think honesty, honesty and persistent before honesty Mm -hmm. is the the key because when, you know, I think when I talk, you know, to be, to be honest, when I talk with Americans, they are surprised by my honesty sometimes. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's even break the, the different, right. The, the gap and the, you know, it's easy, easy to do that. Or honesty is about telling what you want to achieve and people, uh, you know, help you on the way or you understand. So I think honesty is, is one of the key to, to my success. 
Very good. And it sounds like honesty and also the ability to, to, uh, communicate where you're, where you're trying to go and, and kind of ask for help along that way, but be, be honest that, that you need that, that assistance. Right. Very good. Well, Rafi, if people want to learn more about you and your investments and what you're doing, how can folks reach you? Oh, so they can uh, go to my website, uh, Proud Communities. That's the website. And, you know, they can reach out to me and I would love to help people. I like helping people, other people, you know, whatever question they have, I'm, I'm here to help. So Great. Well, we'll make sure that's all listed on the show so that folks can get a hold of you and once again, Rafi Mizrahi, and thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good rest of the day. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro. 